MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number three of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is now officially Sunday in all the continental 48 states, so let me be the last to wish you a Merry Christmas as it is now the day after Christmas. With that said, there is still lots of money to be made, so you're able to pay off for some of those presents that I'm sure that you wound up giving out to loved ones. Hopefully, all of you guys wound up having a very Merry Christmas yesterday. So now let's turn it forward to today. We've got a big NFL Sunday ahead of us, and we've got a lot of teams that they're going to be dealing with some COVID-19 situations. And, well, the Baltimore Ravens might be dealing with it more than any other team, as it's both COVID-19 and injuries has hit this team as right now you're fighting the Ravens as a seven point favor or a seven point underdog and you're on this game. It is 41 and a half Ravens wanted to begin the week as a little bit under a field goal underdog. You were able to find them right in that neighborhood about like a two and a half. You wound up having quite a few threes out there as well. And boy, oh boy, those are all gone. I'm thinking that bookmakers thought that Lamar Jackson was going to be able to play in this game. News wound up getting more and more that he was not going to be able to. And as I wound up saying news that Lamar Jackson was not going to be playing in this game, I wound up firing on this one. Now here at seven, it becomes a little bit more of a roll of the dice. But even at seven, I'd be looking to lay it with the Bengals before I'd be willing to take it with the Baltimore Ravens. Just because I take a look at what the Ravens are going to be throwing out there. Josh Johnson is their starting quarterback. Oh, good Gosh almighty, 
I mean, if you don't know about Josh Johnson, this guy has literally played for like every single football team ever. We're going to Google this right now just because, I mean, I think that he's played for 16 different teams. And I'm not even kidding when I say this. In the meantime, you do have a team in the Baltimore Ravens that they've been having a little bit of a tough time being able to run the ball as well. So you're not going to have a lot of relief when it comes to Josh Johnson being able to have a little bit off of him. But here we go. Here's all the teams that Josh Johnson has played for in his career. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the San Francisco 49ers, the Sacramento Mountain Lions, the Cleveland Browns, the Cincinnati Bengals, the 49ers again, the Bengals again, the New York J-E-T-S Jets, 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 the Colts, the Bills, the Ravens once before, the Giants, the Texans, the Raiders, the Redskins, back when they were the Redskins, the San Diego Fleet, Detroit Lions. I don't think he played for Washington football team when they were known as Washington football team, the LA Wildcats, then back with the Jets earlier this year, and now he's with the Baltimore Ravens. That is the track record of Josh Johnson. And for all of that, he's thrown for 11 touchdowns and 15 interceptions in his career. I think that that is just absolutely hilarious. I, he, if you're taking a look at Josh Johnson, the last time we wound up seeing him play, I, you don't actually have to go too long as you wound up actually seeing quite a few reps in a game against the Indianapolis Colts in very late November. And he didn't necessarily look terrible. You could have a worse quarterback option out there. I mean, you could have anyone coached by Matt Nagy, and that would probably be worse. So I guess there's a little bit of a redeeming quality there. But, man, this is not necessarily what you want if you're the Baltimore Ravens. And, I mean, it's just coupled by the fact that you just don't have a healthy run game for the team because, I mean, J.K. Dobbins and all those guys that you were really looking to rely upon have not been out there. So it's Devontae Freeman. And you take a look at this defense as well. Like so many of these depth pieces that you're looking to, these guys are going to be out the full. Guys like Jimmy Smith, Geno Stone out there in the secondary. These guys are going to be unable to go. Now, when it comes to the front seven of this team, it is good news that Calais Campbell is appearing to be a little bit a little bit closer to being able to play in this game. He is listed as questionable. That would be able to give this team a bit of a boost. But I take a look at this game, and I do think that the Bengals should be able to run all over this Baltimore Ravens team when it comes to the Bengals. It's been a little bit more sporadic when it comes to the offense, but the defense has really been one of the best units in all of football. Now, DJ Reader is going to be out the fold for this game along with Logan Wilson, so they're dealing with a couple of injuries when it comes to the team, but you take a look at them, and they've been able to do a good job of being able to get home on the pass rusher or on the quarterbacks, Trey Hendrickson. 13 sacks and three forced fumbles this year. He has been one of the better surprises in all of football this season. And then you take a look at what you're able to get out of Joe Burrow, and he's been able to do a good job hooking up all season long to Jamar Chase. Now, the Chase to Burrow connection has been a little bit more murky in recent weeks. Just one reception in that game against the Denver Broncos for Jamar Chase, and you take a look at it. He's had three receptions or fewer, and now four out of the last six weeks, but I think that they're going to be able to find it against a Baltimore Ravens team that they've just been hit by Murphy's Law when it comes to all these injuries. And then Joe Mixon is going to be able to do a good job of being able to alleviate a little bit of pressure off of Joe Burrow. He's been able to do a rock-solid job all season long. He's been able to average right around four and a half yards per carry. So I think that he's going to be able to do a nice job once again in this game. And you take a look at Joe Burrow. It has been a little bit up and down for him this season. He has been one of the worst quarterbacks when it comes to interceptions, but 
each of the last two weeks. He's been able to keep a clean sheet, has not thrown any interceptions, completing over 70% of his passes, and some of those interceptions are not necessarily his fault either when you take a look at them. So I do think that the Bengals are going to be in a very good spot here. The line move does have you a little bit more cautious on this one, but I take a look at this game and I would still be willing to lay seven when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals in this spot, just because I mean, when it was Tyler Hundley who was going to be out there, you still had your question marks when it came to the Ravens. So what they said was Hundley was worth about two and a half points to the line with what we wound up seeing now. It has moved on to a critical number now, but even so, if you have yet to dive into this game, and I don't blame you because when it comes to COVID-19, you want to be trying to get as much intel as humanly possible. And who knows? I mean, you could wind up having some Bengals that wind up getting ruled out of this game due to COVID like 30 minutes before the game at this point. I mean, with how things have been revolving, obviously, I'm a little bit sarcastic when it comes to the 30 minutes. It would probably be more like 90 when you wind up having the inactives announced. But I mean, who knows? I mean, at this point, it's just a very tough situation with gauging who's all going to be in, who's all going to be out, but willing to lay a seven here when it comes to Bengals and just with the Ravens and the way that things are structured for them. I can't look anywhere other than the under on this one. And we've just been noticing in the NFL in general, unders have been hitting very well with regards to the NFL this season. You take a look at it and over 56% of games have one under the total 127 unders, 99 overs. And I think that you've got one push in there. You might have two, but I mean, 56.2% of games have been going under. I've been defaulting a lot to unders thus far this season. I think that you're going to be having that happen a lot more just with regards to all these guys being ruled out due to COVID. You're going to have a lot of a lack of cohesion when it comes to these offenses, especially when you wind up having a quarterback ruled out like you do wind up having with the Baltimore Ravens. Speaking of a team that is not going to be having their normal quarterback out there, the New York Giants as they hit the road to face off against the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles are a 10-point favorite, and your total house game is 40 and a half. I'm not in love with laying 10 points with the Eagles, but I'm willing to do so in this spot because Mike Glennon is just flat-out terrible. I just feel like I could say this about so many of these quarterbacks are going to be filling in in relief. I mean, you take a look at it, and it's just been really bad whenever he's been out there. And when it comes to the New York Giants, they wound up agreeing with me. They are going to be throwing out their Jake Fromm in this game. And Jake Fromm has a career 82 passing yards. So, I mean, I could see a scenario in which you wind up having Jake Fromm for a little bit of this game. And then you wind up having them go to Mike Lennon as well. So, I mean, man, regardless of who's going to be going in Fromm versus Glennon, it's bad. I actually give a little bit more of a nod to Fromm in this one. I Just because his name is not Mike Lennon. I mean, that is the only reason why... I think that the Giants wind up getting upgraded just a tad for me. But even here, I'd be willing to delay 10 points when it comes to Philadelphia Eagles now with Jake Fromm. Never really loved his game at Georgia. Never really hated it. But he's going to be dealing with a couple of banged up skill position players. You're going to be without Sterling Shepard once again in this one. Kadarius Tony is questionable. You want to be checking in on his status. He's been dealing with a little bit of a quadriceps injury that has been keeping about really the entirety of the month. So even if he does wind up going in this one, I think that he's going to be very far from 100%. You've got a defense of the Giants that is going to be without a Dory Jackson. But really, a lot of your pieces are going to be out there that you've been seeing recently because they were hit by injuries early. But then you take a look at the flip side, what you're going to be able to get out of this Philadelphia Eagles team. And Jalen Hurts has been a little bit up and down this year, but I take a look at it, and I haven't necessarily hated what I've seen out of him this season, and he's been able to do a good job of being able to step up. 
when it comes to what you're able to get behind him. You've got a guy in Boston Scott who I do think is going to be able to do a relatively solid job of being able to get a couple carries if he is allowed because you just notice with Boston Scott, whenever the team winds up giving him the ball, good, thing winds up, good things wind up happening. When they wind up throwing him out there against, ironically enough, the Giants, he wound up having the lone touchdown for the team in that game a few weeks ago. Meanwhile, last week against the Washington football team, he was active. He was out there and it was just something where they didn't wind up giving him the ball at all, which I find that to be a little bit befuddling. I think that he's been one of the more underutilized stars out there in the NFL. So that are not stars, but just one of the more underutilized running backs out there in the NFL. But then you take a look at this Eagles front seven. And I think that they're going to make life very, very tough. For Jake Fromm, you've got Josh Sweat along with Fletcher Cox. All these guys have been able to do a good job for you. So I do think that they're going to be able to do a nice job in this game. And then you take a look at the New York Giants. And if there has been one thing that has been halfway respectable about this team, it certainly has been the defense. The defense of the New York Giants has actually been able to do something solid for you. you got someone like a Dexter Lawrence who always does a solid job of being able to clog things up when it comes to the ground game. So I do think that this is going to be a Giants team that is going to be able to hold up on defense. I just question what you're going to be able to get out of this offense. You do have Saquon Barkley back, but Saquon Barkley has never really been a guy that has necessarily amazed me. He's right now getting 3.7 yards per carry. Holes are not being created for him. He's always banged up. So I see a lot of issues when it comes to this Giants offense. What I really like here is the under. I'm willing to lay 10 points with the Philadelphia Eagles just because I have zero faith whatsoever in this Giants team as well. So we are just getting warmed up when it comes to taking a look at these NFL games. And coming up next, we're going to be taking a little bit more of a look at the early window right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. And we're back here in Lovely Las Vegas for the Greg Peterson experience right here on VSN, the sports betting network. We're just diving into everything that we've got for this NFL Sunday. It is going to be a mess for one. And we're going to have you covered wall to wall here on VSN with all the NFL action, everything from point spread Sunday with our good friends Femi Oba Befe and company, all of the way until everything winds up wrapping up. And when everything does wind up wrapping up, we've got you there with a look at, along with our good friends John Von Tobel, along with Matt Humans, being able to do the opening line show as well, taking a look forward to everything that we're going to be seeing next week. So just wall to wall, Vison has you covered. And I've got you covered when it comes to the early slate. And we've got to take a look at a game that, well, If there was ever a game that should be called the toilet bowl in the NFL, this should probably do it. The Jacksonville Jaguars and the New York J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. The Jets are finding themselves a one and a half to two point favorite. And your tall on this game is 41 and a half. I don't know about you, but this is a game in which they always have the mentality of if you bet it, you have to watch it. This is a game that I might want to bet it and I might not want to watch it because, man, this is not going to be pretty football, to say the least. So 41 and a half, I feel like, is a little bit too high, even though I don't necessarily have a lot of faith in the Jets' defense, which is why I wound up leaning to the Jags because the Jags' defense actually is able to provide a little bit of resistance. They've been really the best under team in all the NFL. 11 out of their 14 games have went under thus far. You take a look at Josh Allen, though, being out of the fold, and he's really the best player. 
for this defense that you do still have guys like Taysom Campbell, Long, Shaquille Griffin in the secondary. That's going to be big because it doesn't take much for Zach Wilson to get rattled. He has been really, really bad for the New York J-E-T-S Jets just, just this season. I mean, you take a look at him and there's a chance that he might wind up throwing the most interceptions in the NFL with limited games. He's going to need to pick up the pace a little bit as he hasn't thrown any interceptions in the last two weeks, but I mean, he's got six touchdowns, 11 picks. And I don't think that it's necessarily all his fault. And to add to it, Robert Salah, the head coach of the Giants or the Jets, he is going to be out for this game as well. Jamison Crowder is probably not going to be playing. So he's got nobody to throw to. He's got not necessarily the coach that you would expect from him. So it's really bad. You've got a pair of offenses that are averaging fewer than 18 points per game with all their guys out there. Now you've got guys like Laurent Duvernay Tardif, who's going to be out of the offensive line for the Jets. They're dealing with, I believe, at least two guys who are going to be out of the fold. George Fant may or may not play, so they might be without three normal offensive linemen in this game as well. Denzel Mims just has not been able to pan out for the team, and I actually liked him back when he was at Baylor a few years ago. He is just, he's gotten one catch in the last three weeks. It's been absolutely insane to watch just how bad this Jets offense has been. Now, it's not like Trevor Lawrence is lighting the world on fire as well, and he was pretty much sabotaged by the fact that he had Urban Meyer to have him as a head coach. I mean, I think that he's going to be fired up these last few weeks to prove that, yeah, Urban Meyer, he is what we expect. A really, really bad coach that should have never been hired whatsoever. See what I can do when I have actually people that care about me, the people that actually want me to succeed rather than just the bum that we wanted hiring on before. So I do think that that's a little bit to it, but you also are dealing with the Jaguars being without one of your main targets, the Leviscus Chenault being out of the fold. They've been relying upon Laquan Treadwell in recent weeks, and that's a big giant retread with Laquan Treadwell. The offensive line just isn't necessarily good for this team. Now, what I do like about the Jacksonville Jaguars is the running back situation. James Robinson has been solved for the team all season long why they were limiting his carries the final two weeks in which Mr. Urban Meyer was in the fold. I have no idea. He wound up in those games against the Titans and the Rams having a combined 14 carries for 28 yards. I mean, that was just coaching malpractice. What they wound up doing to him, you saw it in the last game, the amount of losing against the Houston Texans, but he had 75 yards and a touchdown on the ground, so he was able to get it going, and then when it comes to the Jags secondary, I do think that they're going to be able to do a solid job when it comes to being able to bottle up the Jets. The Jets just offer absolutely nothing for me whatsoever. This is a game which I don't know if either team should be able to win it. And apparently here at Circa, where I'm doing this broadcast from, you are able to bet ties. I don't think that it's going to be a tie, although it would be very fitting because neither team, in my opinion, probably deserves to win this game. But if I'm looking anywhere, I'm looking at the plus money when it comes to the Jags on the money line. But what I really like is the under because I don't know who winds up getting 21 points in this game. I don't know who winds up getting the 17 points in this game. I mean, this is just a really, really grody game with two offenses that are really bad right now. I mean, it's so bad a mother can love both of these offenses at this point. So it's a spot in which I really do like the under in this game. And if I'm looking anywhere with the side, I am not necessarily warm on this one. But just because you're getting plus money in this spot, the Jags on the money line, because that provides a little bit more value than having delay points with the Jets. Laying points with Jets in recent years hasn't necessarily yielded great results, which is why I do take a look there. But when it comes to a game that I think is going to be a little bit more intriguing because we've 
already hit on quite a few games when it comes to the 10 o'clock hour we'll probably be hitting on a few more as we wind up going along but how about if we wind up going with one from the afternoon window at 1:25 p.m pacific 4:25 eastern you've got the denver broncos and the las vegas raiders i was talking with our wonderful producer brian about this game a little bit earlier and this is really the lone game on the board where i can advise a play on the over as you've got the broncos finding themselves as a one-point favorite in a lot of spots. You're seeing a couple straight pickums, but you're either finding this game as a pickum or the Broncos being a one-point favorite. Your Trollons game, we're finding it out of 40 and a half. I'm seeing a lot of 41s out there as well, but Drew Locke is a relatively solid quarterback in the duty that he wanted being given last week due to the Teddy Covers injury. He looked halfway decent. This is a guy that wound up getting 13 starts last year. He has the intangibles and the arm to be a solid quarterback. Just hasn't been able to put it together in general, but I do like what you're able to get out of him. And meanwhile, you've got behind him as well, Melvin Gordon, a guy that's able to rack up four and a half yards per carry. I like his overall game, a guy that had two touchdowns in the game against the Lions a few weeks ago. So he's been able to do a relatively solid job for this team. I think that the Broncos are going to be looking to pound it. And when it comes to this Broncos team as well, you got a lot of guys that may not wind up playing in this game. Joby Harris, Mike Purcell, along with Draymond Jones on that front seven. They are all questionable for this team. Now, the good news is, Bradley Chubb is back in full. Bradley Chubb wound up missing so much of the season to begin with. He wound up just returning in December, and he's been able to make a little bit of a deep difference for this defense, so that is very good. But with the Raiders, this has been one of the best teams in recent years to the over for you because this is a team that they've got a relatively solid offense. I do like what Derek Carr is able to bring to the table for you. I do think that Josh Jacobs, who's had a very bad year for his standards, is going to be able to do a good job as well. Now, Derek Waller, He's probably not going to be playing in this game. He's officially listed as helpful. I think that if you're handicapping in this game, you've just got to rule him as out. But when it comes to this Las Vegas Raiders team, darn near everyone along that offensive line should be good to go in this game. So you've got just prime, you've got prime protection there. And then when it comes to Hunter Renfro, he is one of the best slot wide receivers in the NFL. And this is a Denver Broncos team that when it comes to their defense, one of their biggest efficiencies has been being able to cover up slot wide receivers. So I do think that that's a little bit of a bad matchup with Renfro. He's hovering right around 900 yards. Just that guy that when it comes to like a third and five, third and six, he's able to pick up those seven to eight yards, move the chains for you. So I think that that's going to work out very well for them. Zay Jones has been someone that has been up and down a little bit throughout his career, a little bit more of a home run threat, but they've been utilizing him more and more. Five plus catches in three out of the last four games that he's played in, so he's been able to find a little bit more of his niche when it comes to this Raiders team, so I do feel relatively good about what you're able to get out of this offense. Now, when it comes to the actual spread, I lean to the Las Vegas Raiders a little bit in this game. When it comes to the Las Vegas Raiders, they certainly have not been the world's greatest against the spread team, and I mentioned it. You do wind up having your question marks when it comes to this defense. It's made even better by the fact that Denzel Berryman is right now questionable for this game. He's really been the top tackler for this team. A guy that's racked up 10 plus tackles in four of the last five games that he's played in. But I mean, it's a case of which he hasn't necessarily played the last few weeks. If they're able to get him back out there, that would be very big for them. But I mean, without him, we've seen this. We've seen this Las Vegas Raiders team really wind up slipping up. They haven't necessarily been able to do a whole heck of a lot. And you just take a look at the track record of the Raiders. It's a team that just time and time again, they're able to produce on offense. It's just, can their defense come up with stops? And recently the answer has been no. They were able to do a good job in that game against the Browns. But I mean, that was a Browns team that 
They were dealing with Murphy's Law, winding up hitting them the week before. They wind up giving up points to a Kansas City Chiefs team that, I mean, it's strange to say, but the Chiefs have not necessarily been the offensive old. You take a look at it, and they've given up at least 30 points in four out of the last six games. I don't think that they're going to be giving up 30 in this game, but I could certainly see them giving up 24, 28 points, and I could see the same for the Denver Broncos. This is a Broncos defense that they've been dealing with their ailments. They've been in a little bit of transition as well, really dating back to when they wound up trading away Von Miller at the deadline. And when it comes to the Broncos, I think that people are sleeping a little bit on this offense. I think that Drew Locke is going to be able to get things generated. I do think that the Raiders offer a little bit of value with the spread, but this is a game in which I do like the total a little bit more. I really can't find too many overs on the board that I'm liking, and we are seeing a bunch of low totals. We are seeing, I believe, three games with a total that is north of 43 right now, but this is one of the games I do like over, so I'm going to be taking a look at that total, and when it comes to the NFL betting board, it certainly is a strange one for this Sunday, but I'm going to try to unearth as much value as humanly possible. We're going to continue on with the 1 p.m. Eastern slate next, right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We have a new prop tracker now available at VSIN.com for you to be able to keep up with all the key NFL props. Head over to VSIN.com to get current odds as well as movement each week to be able to follow the trends and find the best value. You're able to do this for odds to be able to win MVP, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and so much more. Check out Prop Tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every single game. Now at vcin.com slash NFL as we're back here on the Greg Peterson experience right here on vcin. And got to give some love to all the people that work behind the scenes, work tirelessly. You've got my man, Nick Wells, who wound up losing his bet to producer Brian Ortega because he wound up giving out a $20 money line bet to Brian. Why you wouldn't? why you would give even money on the Green Bay Packers versus the Cleveland Browns and make the Packers even money, I have no idea. But with that said, don't worry. He does a much better job as the technical director than he does of being able to set the odds with regards to Packers versus Browns game. He does absolutely terrific work along with Brian Ortega. Matt, our wonderful production assistant, did a little bit of producing there the last few segments. He is someone that, much like myself, is a proud Wisconsin fan, so a big shout-out to him. And then Mikhail always gets me set up on audio. So these are the guys that really do the hard work behind the scenes. Without them, you wouldn't be hearing me. You wouldn't be seeing me. So got to give them all the respect in the world because these guys are the best in the business. The Detroit Lions are not going to be trotting out there the best in the business when it comes to the quarterback spot, as you've got them currently as a six-and-a-half-point underdog against the Atlanta Falcons, and you've got a total in this game of 42-and-a-half, and it looks like it's going to be one at Tim Boyle, if you want to use a good old Adam Sandler moving movie resume. Old Boyle rules, I guess, is what you're going to be going with for them. But when it comes to the Lions, I do think that there's actually a little bit of value when it comes to the scene. They've been able to cover just spread upon spread when it comes to it. And they're 9-5 against the spread. I mean, they've been really, really bad straight up. But this is a team that has been a little bit of a cover machine. And... Boyle is not the worst backup quarterback in the world. It's not necessarily an ideal spot for this team, but, I mean, it's a guy that has been able to get a couple reps. He's already been thrusted into action this season, so 
I do think that he's going to be able to come in and he's going to be able to do a better job than he did against the Cleveland Browns when he wound up having 77 yards and two interceptions. I do think that he winds up giving a little bit of a better effort just because you got an Atlanta Falcons team that they themselves are very, very rudderless. What is going to be key for the Lions is being able to form some sort of a run game because you've currently got DeAndre Swift who's questionable for this game. He has not played the entire month of December, so that has been a little bit of an issue for the team. But even if he does not wind up going, you still have Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams has been someone that has been missing the last few weeks. He is going to be back for this team. And prior to him getting injured, he was a guy that was averaging a little bit over four yards per carry. It seemed like he was really finding it when it came to this team. So I do think that that is going to be able to help this team out a little bit. You've got a relatively healthy offensive line as well, aside from the guys that have been out for quite a while. And when it comes to the Lions, they have been dealing with quite a few injuries of their own. Josh Woods is not going to be in this game. Meanwhile, you take a look at the Atlanta Falcons, and this has been a team that I've been looking to fade quite a bit this season, and rightfully so. They're 6-8 and eight against the spread, and take a look at this offense, and it has certainly been a bad situation for them. With Calvin Ridley out the fold, they've been having to rely upon Russell Gage and Taji Sharp. And Taji Sharp most likely is not going to be available in this game as well. And even when he's been out there, he has been able to provide this team nothing whatsoever. I mean, these receivers are not doing a good job of being able to help out Matt Ryan. And I, when I speak of wide receivers, that means that it's been all Kyle Pitts. And Kyle Pitts has been great, but when it comes to Matt Ryan, he needs a little bit of help right now. And he's just not able to get it. Now, the good news with Matt Ryan is that he has not thrown an interception each out of the last three weeks, but the numbers have been very pedestrian just because he's got a lack of weapons around him. He's a savvy veteran that knows to not turn the ball over, but when you're just being given nothing whatsoever from your skill position players, that makes it a little bit of a difficult scenario. Now, Cordero Patterson has actually been able to do a halfway decent job on the ground, which I think is something that I never thought I would be able to say before this year because, I mean, Cordero Patterson lot of coming in as really a designated kicker turner and wasn't able to do much else. He's been able to have a nice little second act of his career. And when it comes to this Falcon team, you do have most of your guys that are going to be out there, but I mean, it's just not a defense that has necessarily impressed me whatsoever. When it comes to it, they're allowing right around some 27 and a half points per game. They've been just across the board. One of the worst defenses in all of football. So this is actually a really good spot in my opinion for Boyle. When it comes to this total, if I'm looking at another over other than the one that I wanted giving out a little bit earlier with the Raiders and the Broncos, this might actually be a little bit of a sneaky over spot. I don't have as much when it comes to the total on this game as I do the side because I do like the Lions to be able to cover another game because they've just been doing a great job with that aspect. But this is not a game that I'd be willing to take under just because when it comes to the Lions, they are dealing with a couple injuries on that defense. Meanwhile, for the Falcons, it's been a defense that has just been really lax in general. I do think that the Falcons are going to be able to find a little bit of something against a very weak Lions secondary. So if anything on this total, I'd be taking a look at the over. I'd feel much better about it if you wind up taking the hook off of the 42. I think that that is a little bit of a key in this game because I could easily see this game winding up landing on 42 just because of the way that things wind up shaking out. You wind up having yourself something that winds up just having it go that way in general, like a 28 to 14 game. So I do think that you have a little bit of value on the over if this winds up getting down to 42, 42 and a half, a little bit more of a no play for me. But I do think that the Lions here at six and a half, they've got a good shot of being able to cover against an Atlanta Falcons team that I haven't been on all year long. I think that it's going to continue to be a little bit of a rough go of it for them.
It certainly has not been a rough go of it for our good friends, the New England Patriots. They're going to be playing us to the Buffalo Bills, and we've got ourselves a relatively tight line on this one. This wound up opening up right around the Patriots being a two-point favorite. Now we're seeing this more around a one in a lot of spots with your total on this game. You're getting it anywhere between a 43 and a half. I think there might be a straight 44 left as well, the open, but we're mostly seeing 43 and a half when it comes to it. And when it comes to the New England Patriots, I do think that they sort of have the Buffalo Bills number. And when it comes to the Patriots, when it, you took a look at that last game that they wanted playing against the Buffalo Bills, you wound up having Mac Jones wind up throwing three passes in that game. I certainly think that you're going to have a couple more passes from Mac Jones. Now, Jones has been a little bit inconsistent at the quarterback spot, but I do actually like what I've seen out of him thus far this season. A guy that's above average when it comes to QBR, the two interceptions against the Indianapolis Colts, not necessarily the world's greatest look, but he's been able to do a great job just with being able to make the, I guess you call it conservative passes. I think that when he winds up stepping outside of himself, when the team winds up getting down, that could be a little bit of a doomsday scenario. What I think is going to be big for the Patriots is going to be establishing the ground game as well. This is a Patriots team that year in and year out, we always talk about the quarterback play, obviously, when you wind up having Bill Belichick in the fold. But whenever the Patriots have been really successful, they typically wind up having it with a good ground game as well. Now, Damian Harris is going to be questionable for the team, and that is obviously going to be something that is going to be a little bit of a hamper for the team because you wind up seeing him be out of the fold last weekend. It didn't necessarily completely destroy the New England Patriots because Ramorde Stevenson was able to step in and he was able to do a solid job. But Stevenson, he is not going to be able to play in this game. So you do want to be checking in on the status of Damian Harris. I think that he is a very big key for the team, especially with Nelson Aguilar, one of the main pass catchers for this Patriots team being out. But the reason why I do like the Patriots in this game as well is that you've just got a very nasty defense that has been able to do a great job all season long and be able to bottle teams up. Even if you only wind up getting like 17, 20 points out of this Patriots team, they could still be able to pull it out because with the Buffalo Bills, this is a team that they themselves just have absolutely no ground game whatsoever. I was expecting a little bit more out of guys like Devin Singletary. Zach Moss has really been pushed out of the fold with this team, and I don't understand why. I've actually liked what I've seen out of Zach Moss in recent years. I feel like they haven't put him necessarily in a position of success this past season, so that has been a little bit tough. I actually liked him when he wanted coming out of Utah, but when it comes to the Bills, they are going to be dealing with Cole Beasley being out of the fold, as we know. He has been very much someone that has been outspoken with regards to the media, and now he is going to be not able to play in this game, so that is certainly not necessarily what you want if you're the Buffalo Bills. You still have Emmanuel Sanders along Stephon Diggs who are going to be out there. So those guys are going to be doing everything that they can to be able to take the pressure off of Josh Allen. And when it comes to Josh Allen, I do like his overall game, but it just feels like sometimes he winds up getting into this gunslinger mentality as he's thrown four or six interceptions in the last five games. So that has certainly hurt this team. And when it comes to the Buffalo Bills, you are going to need to get a little bit more of a pass rush as well. This has been a Buffalo Bills team that over the last few years, they have had a very tough time of just being able to get pressure on the quarterback, being able to come up with sacks. You take a look at them this season, and they haven't necessarily just had that one guy that's been able to bust out and has been able to give you a lot of sacks. You don't have a single guy along this defense with more than four sacks. That would be Mario Edison, who's been able to do that. Greg Russo wound up getting off to a good start to the year. He has really been slowing down recently for the team. So I do think that the Buffalo Bills lack of pass rush, even if you do wind up having 
Damian Harris be out of the fold for the Patriots. Going to be a little bit too hard for the team to be able to overcome. Here at the one, I do like the New England Patriots. If I'm looking at anything on the total, I am looking at the under because you do have Cole Beasley. Now the fold, you got some question marks when it comes to the Patriots running game as well. So I think that it's going to be a little bit more of a methodical approach. Now when it comes to the final segment of this show, just going to give you guys what I like on the NFL board in general. That is coming up next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Beeson, Esports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity. 
for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. <laughs> but it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Save 50% off a VSIN all access subscription for the rest of the football season with our big game special. Get access to in depth matchup analysis, trends, and picks for every game and sport on the schedule, including our exclusive betting splits showing you where the money is going for every single game. Sign up today and you'll also receive our daily best bets emails. Weekly betting guide, 24-7 video, plus our all-new college bowl betting guide covering every single bowl game. And that is all for just $39 at vcin.com slash subscribe as it is the final segment of the Greg Peterson experience with myself, Greg Peterson. But have no fear, once I'm off, the fun never ends with regards to the Sports Betting Network. We got you covered wall-to-wall all day long with regards to Everything that we're going to be seeing on this NFL Sunday, everything from Point Spread Sunday with Femi Obabefe and company, and then you wind up taking it down once the games wind up ending with the opening line show with John Von Tobel along with Matt Eumann. So we've got you locked and loaded here on VSIN, and we are locked and loaded with taking a look at a big game that's going to be coming up on Sunday here between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are finding themselves as a 10-point underdog in this spot, and I know that my producer, Brian Ortega, was talking to me about this with your total at 45 and a half. And I agree with them that there is some good value here with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, the Steelers have been winning in some of the just most but ugly ways humanly possible, but they just continue to wind up being able to rack up W's. I mean, you take a look at the game that they wanted playing last week against the Tennessee Titans. That was far from a gem as I believe that they were like the first team since something like 2006 to be able to win a game in which they wound up controlling the ball for as little time as they did. So they were able to do a great job of being able to mix and match there. Obviously, Ben Roethlisberger is not the Ben Roethlisberger of old, but still a widely veteran that knows not to turn the ball over in key spots. So that is something that I feel like can never be understated when it comes to the ground game of the Steelers. They're only getting right around three and a half carries out of Najee Harris, but he's able to do just enough to be able to take the pressure off of Ben Roethlisberger. Now, when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs, this has actually been a superb defense recently. You take a look at them, and ever since, I will call it the first five weeks of the season where they were giving up 30-plus points in every one of them. They have been terrific. They wound up having a little bit of a slip-up last week against the Los Angeles Chargers, but other than that, this team has been able to do a solid job. Now, you take a look at the skill players of the Kansas City Chiefs, and Travis Kelsey has yet to clear COVID-19 protocols. It seems as though he's going to be able to, but... You want to be checking in just to make sure that he is able to because if you're looking to bet on the Kansas City Chiefs and you wind up having no Travis Kelsey out there, that is not necessarily going to be great. Even with Travis Kelsey out there, I've factored him into my handicap, and I do think that he's going to be winding up playing in this game. I think that he's going to be his normal self. It's still a team that I just don't want to be playing this big of a number with. You take a look at guys not named Tyreek Hill, and he has been activated off of COVID-19 protocols as well. He is going to be good to go, and it's not great. Now, Josh Gordon did wind up getting a touchdown against the Las Vegas Raiders two weeks ago for this Chiefs team, but, I mean, 
he's just been pretty much a waste of talent. We're going to call it what it is. He's just never been able to find it ever since he wound up having that magical year with the Browns on or off the field. So that has been no question a bad situation there. When it comes to this Chiefs team, you've got pretty much all of your starters out there on defense. You've got Chris Jones and company who are going to be a part of that front seven along Frank Clark. So you're good to go there. Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, all these guys are going to be out there. But you take a look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. This has been one of the more underrated secondaries in the NFL. I'll call it the last two or three seasons. I mean, you just take a look at all these guys and they're able to do a terrific job. Guys like Cameron Sutton, Terrell Edmonds. They're all going to be able to step up Minka Fitzpatrick as well. Now you are dealing with a couple of injuries when it comes to the front seven. Devin Bush is going to be out of that linebacking core along with Marcus Allen and Chris Warmly is going to be out as well. So you are dealing with the Steelers team that they are a little bit banged up, but the big key, TJ Watt, he is going to be out there. If you're looking at odds to be the top defensive player in the NFL, odds win defensive player of the year at DraftKings, right now he is your favorite as he has racked up five sacks in the last three weeks. He has been just absolutely incredible for the Steelers defense. He really is the anchor of that unit, and I think that he's going to be able to do a good job once again against a Chiefs team that really, other than games against the Las Vegas Raiders, this has been a team that has been struggling to be able to find their offense. They seem to have done a little bit more against the LA Chargers, and I will say, when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, the good news for him is that he hasn't been throwing as many interceptions. So I think that when it came to the Patrick Mahomes interceptions, a little bit of that was bad luck. You wound up seeing him actually get relatively lucky with the low amount of interceptions they had thrown the first few years of his career. I would argue that the first couple weeks of this season, he wound up getting unlucky and things wound up just being able to iron themselves out with that aspect. But with the Steelers, I do think that you've got relatively solid value here. You're all going to be without Pat Frymouth as well. But I mean, other than that, Chase Claypool, Long Deontay Johnson, all these guys that you rely upon with regards to the receiving core, they should be out there. I think that it's going to be a Steelers team that really looks to control this game. They look to make it slow. They look to just be able to try to keep the Chiefs offense off the field as much as humanly possible. So pretty much the reverse of what they wound up doing last week when they wound up having just no control of the ball whatsoever. And I think that they're going to have a relative amount of success with that. Chiefs defense has been looking very solid. So uh, with the 45 and a half, that I'm seeing here, I'm going to be taking a look at the under. And with the Steelers, I am willing to take the 10 points in this spot. We've actually got quite a, a few big underdogs that are going to be on the board. Don't know if I want to be fading this one because you've got a Washington football team that they opened up a nine-point underdog. You're now finding them as a 10 against the Dallas Cowboys. And your draw game is anywhere between 46 and a half and 47 with the Washington football team. It's a team that I don't think is going to be able to win the game outright. And quite frankly, I felt like their run that they wanted making a few weeks ago to be able to get back into playoff contention was built on a little bit of sand. I think we've run a little bit too far with the 10. I just don't want to be laying it here when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. With the Cowboys, you do have a team that all of a sudden, they finally do have their star wide receivers all on the field at the same time. This was a Cowboys team in which it just felt like one of these guys, whether it be Michael Gallup, whether it be Amari Cooper or C.D. Lamb, one of these guys, they just always seem to be off the field, which was a little bit of an issue. And now you've got a fully healthy, both Ezekiel Elliott along Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard has been averaging right around five and a half yards per carry, does a good job as a little bit of a home run hitter for this team. So I think that his presence out there is very big. You wind up seeing him time and time again come up with a big game for this team. Now, when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, something that I think is very undervalued, something that never gets taken into the line 
in my opinion, is these offensive line injuries. And Tyron Smith being out, in my opinion, is a relatively big deal. I mean, he is the blindside defender for Dak Prescott, plays the left tackle spot, is one of the best in the NFL. Him being out, that is going to, in my opinion, cause for a little bit of issue when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys offense. Now you take a look at the defense and Micah Parsons right now looking like he's going to be your defensive rookie of the year. Well, no doubt he's going to be your defensive rookie of the year. Now the only question is, does he become the first player since Lawrence Taylor to be both defensive rookie of the year and defensive player of the year? He has been that good. Trayvon Diggs just has a nose for the ball. This guy has been able to get 10 interceptions. Now you've got to watch it in football team that last week and to throw out there, Garen Gilbert. So you know what? They have been upgraded a little bit because you're going to be able to have a Heineke out there. And I think that that is going to be good for this team. Now, Taylor Heineke, we're going to call it what it is. He's a below average quarterback, but at the same time, he's not Garrett Gilbert. So that is good news. Now, when it comes to this Washington football team in general, you do have a couple banged up guys. You've been dealing with injuries to guys like Terry McLaurin recently, but McLaurin should be good to go in this one. J.D. McKissick has been dealing with ailments as well. He is just out of the fold for the team in general, so that does wind up hurting the team, and you do want to be checking in on the status of Antonio Gibson. Gibson has been a little bit of an underrated running back, in my opinion. He is officially listed as questionable with a toe injury. I'm thinking that he's going to be able to go in this game, but you always want to be checking just to be sure because I in this day and age of the NFL, in this day and age of sports betting in general, you just never know when it comes to some of these sorts of things. But I do think that this Washington football team defense is going to be able to hold up. You still have a relatively solid front seven, even with Chase Young out of the fold. And ever since Chase Young wound up going out, this has been a Washington football team that they've responded very well to adversity. They did wind up giving up the 27 points a week ago to the Philadelphia Eagles. And in that game that they wound up playing two weeks ago against the Dallas Cowboys, the team was in it throughout. They did wind up forcing Dak Prescott into two interceptions, and that was with the trio of Lamb, Gallup, and Cooper all out there. That was one of the first games in which they were all out there. The big thing was Washington wound up losing three fumbles in that game, and that wound up putting the defense into some adverse situations, so they played a little bit better than the 27 points that they allowed wound up showing through in that, so I do think that Washington going to be able to do a little bit of a better job of being able to take care of the ball. I don't think that they wind up winning this game outright, but I think that they're going to be able to hold down the Dallas Cowboys. It was really a case in which the offense wound up hurting the defense. So I take a look at the under, and I'm going to be taking a look at the points when it comes to Washington. And just for a little bit of tidiness here, also wound up laying 10 here when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles in that game. The lone over that I really like on this board is the Denver Broncos against the Las Vegas Raiders. That's one that I think you should be able to get home on. I wound up taking the under in the Jaguars versus the Jets game. I also lean towards the Jaguars on the money line. That's one that is really neither here nor there on that one. And when it comes to the Bengals, even though they're now laying seven, I do think that that's the best play on the board along with the under in that game. And we've got you covered all day long on this big NFL Sunday right here on VSIN. Point spread Sunday coming up at 5 a.m. Pacific, 8 a.m. Eastern right here on VSIN. Esports Bank Network. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.